Bench Boost Boys Game Week 14 and 15 forecast with me, your host Gav, and also part-time Bench Boost Boy, Ben. How are you, Ben? Gavin, good, thank you. Thanks for having me back again. Always a joy and always nice to have a break from Scott, who... um, has been banished again. I can't say for sure if it's to do with the things he said about Salah a few weeks back, <laughs> but maybe he's on remand. Who knows? And maybe he's in court. Um, but yeah, lovely to have you. A uh, quick bit of admin, as always, at Bench Boost Boys is us on Twitter. Please send us in your mailbag questions. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of those later on towards the end of the show, which can't wait to get through. Benchboostboys.club is the website. If for some strange reason you haven't joined our mini league, you probably should. Maybe you could. The code is Q8ZM2S. Q8ZM2S. Join the league. Tell a friend. Uh, try and beat Dave Paxton if you dare. I think he's still way on top. Absolutely flying at the minute. But the league, the league's going well. Lots of lots of people in there. I noticed. Seems yeah, it's to, nice. Seems, nice. Seems to be going up, which is good. Very good indeed. All right. So this is a, a kind of double show. Uh, the fixtures get a bit freaking wild throughout christmas and new year uh my fingers firmly pointed at amazon actually if you remember last year i think this is the last year of their current contract where they've got a whole bunch of games around christmas and new year because there's also a weird gap in early like the second week of january there's just no football for a week and i think it's where they cram it all in to try and sell amazon prime subscriptions uh and then all the players legs fall off and they need a week for them to grow back and then they get back into it in mid-Jan. So the way we've tried to divvy this up is as logically as possible. A game week has literally just ended and it's about to start again in less than two days' time, like for a new game week. So we're just trying to kind of keep it as logical as possible. Um, but the, this shit's coming thick and fast. So today's episode, we'll really briefly uh, break down how we got on in game week 13, do a watch list checkup. Then we'll go through the game week 14 fixtures uh, in a bit of detail, and then we'll hit the game week 15 fixtures, probably with a little less detail, because unfortunately we don't have a crystal ball, and who knows which players might suddenly be in form or injured by that point, but we'll give it a, we'll give it a breakdown, uh, and then we'll talk about what we are going to do for game week 14, and you know a little bit about 15, and finish up with the aforementioned mailbag, and we have got one, two, three, four, Five questions, and I think that's probably where the uh, the primo content's going to come, depending on our answers. But I know they're good questions, most of them anyway. Um, so stay tuned for all of that in that order, and we'll be back in a sec. Bench boss boys. Okay, game week thirteen. It literally did finish up yesterday, right? Like it's it's or this morning for us in Australia. By. I haven't really been able to keep up with it to be honest because it was one of those ones where it didn't start on the Friday night either so mm. all the games came in two days whereas usually you've got like that Friday night fixture yeah. the Saturday fixtures the Sundays and maybe a Monday night football well like last season obviously it was chaos because of COVID rescheduling yeah but I think I taken for granted that most of this season so far has been really neat uh, like Saturday to Monday Game week's just nice, clean cut, podcast recording every Wednesday night here in Brisbane, Australia. And now we're getting to the fucked up section of the year. Christmas um, is always just carnage for football. Very just- much so. All right, well, I don't mind kicking off. So um, the game week average was 44 points, which isn't too bad. I got 52 points. Obviously, always happy to get above that. Um, the, the more so, the better, of course. Um I also am happy because I didn't have Jota or Cut to the Chase, and I know people who did have him are pretty bloody happy right now, and they're the ones who've really killed it this game week, by and large. Um, I have a lot of blanks in my team, almost to the point where I'm just going to focus on who did well for me. Sanchez, and I have to give a hat tip to you, because I had a chat with you before the game week started, and I was in two minds about whether to start Sanchez or Foster for Watford. I thought that maybe that Watford fixture might be better. <laughs> Clean sheet and a bonus point. Eight points for Sanchez. Thanks for the tip. That's all good. That's what I'm here for, Gav. Yeah, that's why you keep coming back. Uh, Alexander-Arnold, uh, assist on a clean sheet for nine points for about the third week, maybe in a row. I feel like I probably could have had the armband on him instead of Salah, who assist on a clean sheet, 12 points. And then uh, Tony for Brentford got me a goal and three bonus points for nine. Everyone else uh, blanked. The ones that I guess irritate me a little bit is... 
Chelsea didn't keep a clean sheet and James got a yellow card. So that's one point. Cancelo didn't keep a clean sheet. Yellow card. It's just adding insult to injury. Uh, elsewhere, Smith Rowe got a midfielder's clean sheet for three points. Rafinha, the same, three points. Absolutely nothing from Gallagher, Jesus and Huang. Um, as far as what was on the bench, shoulda, woulda, coulda, but Connor Cody, eight points. Um, so yeah, would have been nice to have him in the team. Uh Johnson of West Ham one point uh, probably worth mentioning actually that Smith Rowe got auto subbed in because of that Tottenham postponement so 52 points for me game week rank not brilliant 2.3 mil I've dropped a place in the bench boost boys league down to 15th my overall rank has actually gone up though ever so slightly I'm at 440,000 uh, 805 points total so not at all unhappy with the game week um, saved by literally four decent players uh, how about you uh, more or less the same story, to be honest. Um, 50, was it 55? Oh, sorry, 50 points uh, for the game. Yeah, for the game week, which, you know, is above the average, below you. Um, but exactly the same story in terms of where my points came from. So uh, seven from, they all came from basically four players. Um, well, worth noting anyway. Seven from Ramsdale in goals with a clean sheet um, and one of those extra points for having five saves. Um, uh, Alexander-Arnold, assist, clean sheet, which seems to be the story every time he plays these days, doesn't yep, it? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunate that my Cancelo clean sheet was wiped out in the 94th minute, which Stings, is doesn't it? that's a that's a yeah, it's a bit of a stinger. But he's one of those players where everyone owns him, so it probably wouldn't have made that big of a difference. We're all in the same template <laughs> boat. Um, yeah, uh, Salah captain. Um, I think he's just set and forget captain. To be honest, uh, with an assist clean sheet, um, and then yeah, Tony up front obviously had um, a goal. Three bonus points, which is nice. Nice to see him getting some points. Mm. Um, my substitute for the week, I'm just jumping ahead, but my substitute for the week was Antonio out, Benteke in. Oh, your transfer. Sorry, I should probably should have mentioned that I did. And I mentioned this last week that I was going to do it. Chilwell out, James in for me. Um, that's where I use my free one. So yours was Antonio out, Benteke in. Which is a pretty, pretty good move, Yeah, given, I, given form. Yeah, Antonio's not been... He's not not been getting points. I know he's had, you know, he's been pretty good in the box. But yeah, Benteke um, this week he was. I felt like he he had a quiet game, but he had he still had three shots in the box, one on target, which is a quiet game for him. But um, on the games week game weeks leading up to this fixture, the reason for my transfer, um, game week eight to twelve, Benteke took more shots. Um, 18 then Gallagher and Zaha combined for wow. 17 so they were I was targeting I was always going to target a Palace asset for the fixtures which they got coming up and my strikers just weren't performing so I chose yeah Benteke over them um, totally good uh, interesting went for Gilmore was that oh uh, that was my auto sub oh. uh, Kane came you just got Kane yeah I got Kane uh, yeah. <laughs> and actually while we're on that Tottenham you have a bit of a, a bit of trivia around Spurs. Yeah, well, it, it's not confirmed yet, but with that um, game postponement, it looks like um, pro- I'll have to give this a shout out as well. Ben Krellin on Twitter, if anyone doesn't follow him, he's a legend. He's yeah, just a legend when it comes to fixtures, um, like rearrangements, rearrangements. He's just yeah, just so on top of it. So rumour mill is that it will be uh, rescheduled for game week 21. Which is like the new year, isn't it? Just in which is the new year. Just into the new year, which means if that was the case, uh, Tottenham would have Watford and Burnley as the double game week, which if you're a Kane owner mm. and you want a double, and you, you know, double game week, that fixture, 20, or game week 21 could be... Uh, it makes my ears... Pr- prick up a bit because if they can hit a bit of form that might also be you know even Region or something in there um there we go an early double game week and just looking because we've got some stats down here your game week rank 2.8 mil bench boost boys because you're doing really good overall you're ninth yeah you're- i think i dropped from the top four to ninth which says how it's tight, tight the top. <laughs> yeah, well tight you're because your overall rank i think dropped from about 140 to 187 which yeah. is still amazing and i'm not jealous at all and your overall points are 837 so you're still a good 32 points ahead of me and scott 
and I'm still ahead of Scott, and sometimes that's all that matters to me. <laughs> that is um, all that matters. In fact, that's why you should join our mini-league. Everybody, like, we should rename the mini-league Beat Scott. So Q8ZM2S, jump on board, make sure you're beating Scott. I'm a proper, I'm still, I think I'm only about two points ahead of him, but I'll take it. All right, well, that wraps up Game Week 13, so we'll take a real quick break now and then uh, have a little look at our watch lists. Bench boss, boys. All right. I haven't removed anyone from my watch list. I tend to do that based purely on form, and once it starts to drop below four, three points, um, I just ping them off, or injuries, of course. Um, but I have added a few this week. Jota seems like an obvious one. Um, any regular listeners will know that I get a little bit nervous about people that don't get consistent minutes or don't play 90, which is a little naive and ignorant on my part. I do get, but that's just one of my little foibles. So that's the only reason why I might be hesitant to go for Jota. He's a fantastic player, and I wish Liverpool would just start him all the time, to be honest. Um, John McGinn. He's done really well in back-to-back games now, obviously since Gerrard's been there. He was a good player for certain parts of last season. Uh, he scored a good goal uh, this past game week. And then Vardy, just after we've all been writing him off after about four or five blank game weeks, bloody turns up again, doesn't he? That's just classic Vardy for me. Whenever I own him, yeah. it blanks. Whenever I don't own him, returns. I feel like that's son for me so far this season. Yeah. Um, people remaining on my watch list, I've got Saka, Jimenez, well, actually, I've got James there. I should remove him now because he's in my team. Uh, Trossard, Armstrong, Bowen, McCarthy, Livramento, Rudiger, Mane, and Dennis. Um, do you add anyone to yours this week? Uh, so, again, I don't really have a watch list because I'm only part-time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've kind of got nothing to go off, but I'll, I'll, I've added a few players who, yeah, I'm keeping a keen eye on. So I've got Jota in there. Um you know, obvious reasons have have been great form for Liverpool. Um, starting whilst Firmino's out, and Liverpool got a good run of fixtures, so I think it's you can't really look past him. Um, mm. And I probably will bring him in this week, but I'll get to that later. Then I've got um, three from Villa because yeah, good form. Um, they got a bit of a tough fixture next, but pr- after that, it seems to get a bit better. So I've got Target and Cash um, from Villa because Gerard. Um, the way that he's set up is he uses his wingbacks in a similar fashion to everyone else in the league this season. Um, but I just guess that, yeah, they're, the assists are, or the points are already coming from them. Um, so, yeah, McGinn, similar. And then I've, all, I've got Jaden Sancho, which... That's a good pickup. There, yeah, right? if, I, if I said this maybe two or three weeks ago, you'd have gone, you've lost your head. Yeah. <laughs> but as it happens, it's uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer who's lost his. Yeah, well, his job. Block. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Sancho scored midweek um, in Europe, scored again on the weekend. Looked, a, you look fairly composed. He's one point nine percent ownership, so it's nothing, is it? Which is nothing. So yeah, if you if you're looking for someone to pick up, um, his fixtures are as follows. Um, I don't, I'm not going to go too in depth, but they've got Arsenal next. Which yeah, okay, tough game, big game. If they win that. Palace after that, Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, Wolves, Villa, West Ham in 23, which is, yeah, again, a bit of a tough one. Burnley, Southampton, Leeds, Watford. So that's game that's week a, 27. That is a great run of games. And if they're doing, if they're anything like what's happened with Villa since Gerrard's turn up, they get that little honeymoon period. I mean, to be honest, if you think back, that's kind of what got Solskjaer's job, wasn't it? He was a... Uh, temporary caretaker manager who hit form good results and then got made permanent um so exactly not a bad shout there yeah Um, i think it definitely you know definitely one for the watch list um i think don't make any rash moves until after the arsenal game because if they get pumped five nil like they did against Liverpool, yeah Still a good one, though. Good one. I appreciate that. All right, cool. We'll we'll take a, a quick break now, and we'll have a look at the Game Week 14 fixtures. Bench boss, boys. All right, Game Week 14 kicks off with Newcastle against Norwich. From an FPL perspective, no injuries to worry about. Um, as much as and Scott hates it when I do this, when I talk about, oh, I want to keep an eye on a particular player, he's like, well, why don't you put them on a watch list? I'm like, you're not my real dad, Scott. Um... <laughs> 
Alan St. Maximan, because Newcastle got a good couple of fixtures coming up, and I will talk in more detail about my plans later in the show, but Alan St. Maximan and potentially even Callum Wilson uh, wants to watch in this game here. Um, really quiet game. Nor- Norwich are actually though. ever so slightly in better form than Newcastle. Um, Eddie Howe's obviously, you know, both teams actually have got new managers, of course. Um yeah, anyone in particular you might be... I mean, you've got Gilmore in your squad, but yeah, he's more of a bench I actually, guy. I actually bought Gilmore in deliberately um, where, after Norwich sacked their manager. So I needed to free up some money for Kane mm-hmm. and get someone out. Um, and he was 4.4 at the time. And I just, he played for Scotland and had like one of the games of his life. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh, well, if I'm looking for a cheap budget midfielder, they got a new manager coming in. He's just had the game of his life for Scotland. Mm. I'll bring him in because A, his price is going to rise because I think his ownership will go up as he's getting game time. Yeah. Well, B, he's getting more game time. So I think he's a good person to have on your bench. I, I remember as well when the uh, manager got sacked, was it Daniel Farker? There was there were a couple of articles talking about how Farker just had struggled to get the best out of him. Because at the start of the season... I had Todd Cantwell in my team or in the squad and there was all this talk about making Gilmore and Cantwell this really good midfield link up and it just never happened. Cantwell's been quiet and Gilmore hardly got games. So you never Did, know. Had an, uh, had an assist in the first game. I had him on my bench, which was week four. Just this one just gone. So yeah, yeah I think, you know, he's playing. He If he's on the pitch, he's pretty good. So not a bad player to yeah, have. He's a great player. Uh, next game then, Leeds versus Crystal Palace. Uh, Leeds obviously just coming off the back of a draw away to Brighton. Desperate to get some points. Really need to rack up some wins. Um, no new injury worries for them. Ailing needs match fitness. Bamford's got, actually got an unknown return date. He's gone from having, uh, you know, innocuous ankle injury to actually being out for a couple of months. Um, they're struggling Leeds without they, him. They really are. They just can't get it together. They haven't quite... I mean, it's never been a secret about the squad depth. Um Crystal Palace obviously have had a little wobble because um, Scott and I have talked a lot so far this season about being big fans of how Palace are cracking on, especially with Gallagher. Um, this should actually be, for better or worse, a pretty competitive game. Uh, I, you know, you've got Ben Teke. Fancy him to get a goal. Like Leeds rarely keep clean sheets outside of the one they just got against Brighton. Yeah, I've I've added some comments here. So yeah, like I was saying, Ben Teke's in probably one of the best forms of his career in terms of getting shots off in the box. He, he He's playing pretty well. Leeds aren't playing great. Mm. Um, I've got Rafinha in my team and I was like, oh, I, he's not done much. Well, hold that thought because one of our mailbag questions towards the end of the show is literally about that. So we'll keep our powder dry, as old people say. <laughs> and uh, shout out to Richard. Um and we'll talk about that in a bit of detail because I think there's going to be quite a lot of people because he's been a very popular pick. Yeah. He's been one of those guys that when he's been fit, even when Leeds aren't performing, he'll grab the points. So, But I think a lot of people are in the same boat as you and I with Rafinha. Well, on that note, Gav, let's move on to Southampton, Leicester. I don't personally have a lot to say about this because I don't have any players from either team. Saw Madison get uh, in the uh, Kings of the Game week. Um, obviously, Vardy, as we just said in the watch list, back in the goals. Um, a lot of people have been back in Liveramento uh, and McCarthy a bit. Uh, yeah. I would I would expect Leicester to score in this game and uh, probably Vardy. Um don't yeah. know. You got you've got Liveramento. Right? I I've got Liveramento, and I just remembered my comments when I was on here last a few weeks back. I had Brozier on my oh, yeah. on my watch list, and I said if he starts getting game time again, mm. I'll probably look to bring him back into my team. And he actually started um, the last game for Southampton. Okay. He didn't he didn't get any points, but um, if you look back at the games where he started. He generally gets returns, okay. so one one to keep an eye on in that game, I think. Yeah, awesome. Um, Watford at home to Chelsea. Now, not to get too sidetracked, there's a whole bunch of injury stuff to go through. Um, Dennis has a knock, seventy five percent chance of playing. Foster groin injury, twenty five percent. Now, you probably wouldn't want a lot of people have got him as, a, as their second keeper. You probably wouldn't want to be playing him against Chelsea anyway. Um, but worth noting, Saar, knee injury, unknown return date, and Chilwell, knee injury. That's a funny one. It says expected back 15th for Jan. I heard he's done his ACL. Is he back in six weeks' time? That seems bold. But um, 
long, a semi-long term. Uh, this, you know, what it reminds me of when uh, Grealish was out last season for Villa, and they were saying it's not a long-term injury, and he was out for bloody ages. So keep an eye on that. But what I wanted to mention was something that you flagged to me when we were chatting off air earlier, which was about Dennis. He's got two hard fixtures now. He's playing Chelsea and then Man City. From game week 16, he's got good fixtures, but he's going to go probably to AFCON for Nigeria. Yeah, there's. Um, I was actually looking at Josh King um, for Watford. He was in, so he. I was weighing up my options between him and Ben Teke. And the reason I didn't go for Josh King is Watford get pretty get hit pretty hard um, at the AFCON. I think they've got about three or four players who will miss it. And I think off the top of my head, Dennis is definitely one. Saar, who which would be a huge loss if I know he's injured at the minute, but centre back as well. For yeah, Nigeria. Etong is his name. Ekong. Um So I just think yeah, even though they've got a nice run of fixtures. Um, they're losing some key players during that period, so they're gonna have a wobble, aren't I, they? Yeah, you might be bringing, you know, if you you might be bringing like a Dennis in for these. Yeah, they got two tough fixtures, and then after that, you, you're gonna need to make a decision whether you bring them in for th- maybe two or three games, and then get rid of him again. It's and- one thing I actually brought up, I think, on a podcast last week was people sometimes get very caught up in bringing in a player and then looking at the next six or eight games. The reality is sometimes. You might bring a game a player in for one game week, and that could be Dennis in game week sixteen and seventeen or something. And then oh, Afcon comes and we'll ship him out again. Yeah. So you just never know. But yeah, early Jan, I would be slightly concerned for them. And yeah, they've as I say, they're just about to hit two very hard fixtures. Um, you've got a note here, Mount might be back. Yeah, there's some comments. Uh, him, both him and uh, Lukaku both fit for training. Um, I think. Uh, Tuchel made some comments around Lukaku saying, yeah, <laughs> Lukaku said that he's fit, but the manager says otherwise sort of things. Right. Um, being fit for training is a bit different to being match fit. But yeah, watch that space. I think Mount is is more or less back to fitness. Um, well, also shout out to, and this is, I should have prepared more for this. Um, I'll try and talk slowly so I can look it up. But uh, we had a, as Scott put it last week, more of a statement and a question from the mailbag where someone was telling us that they were bringing in uh, Aubameyang and they might captain in and then they'll look to move in Lukaku for him. Um, Maybe it's best if I don't. Oh, there you go. It was FPL Canada, friend of the show, FPL Canada, who said Aubameyang for Lukaku for game week 14 is my plan. Um... Well, you know what? Funnily enough, this is the game week 14 and 15 forecast, so I guess that's happening. Well, Bamiang obviously blanked in the game week 13 Missed just passed. absolute sitter as well. Did you see it? It was... No, I just oh. saw the goals, and if you're not scoring goals, I'm not seeing it. It's, it's, it's horrible. It was from... It was unmissable. And oh, he fucking missed. Yeah, so, so... FPL Canada, sorry, mate. And you're looking to bring in Lukaku now, so I hope that works out for you. I think there's probably, to be fair, a lot of people waiting for Lukaku to come back, particularly given that there's not always been a lot of options up front so far this season. De- deliberately, why I made the move for Kane and not Son two weeks ago was I wanted to keep my money in my strikers so that if... You could, yeah. If, if, if uh, Kane, you know didn't show up uh, which he hasn't this far um it's an easy swap to look yeah. lukaku or ronaldo when the fixtures get better depending pretty, on pretty smart planning that i think uh friend of the show fpo obsessed matt would be proud of you for that one mate making sure you've got money in the different areas i don't do it thanks mate yeah so you're clearly better managed than me and we know that by your rank so <laughs> you don't have to rub it in um all right well that's something to consider for that game um Obviously, another one to look, people might be looking out for is Alonso. We've got a question around that later on in the mailbag. Uh, chill out for a bit. Uh, James seems to be almost a set and forget now. Um, other options like Rudiger and I mean the Chelsea back line has been pretty solid. Um, but yeah, either way, you'd fancy Chelsea to win this. They're on an absolute tear this season. Uh, next match: West Ham at home to Brighton. Brighton have been really good defensively so far this season. Uh, Creswell, back injury, 75% chance of playing. I turfed him out of my team the other week to free up some funds. Um, Og Bono, as much as he's not always been an FPL choice, is a long-termer. He's out. Um, or, or at least he has been. Have you got anyone 
West Ham and Brighton. I've got Ben Johnson, but he's kind of my bench defender. Uh... I don't think I've got... No, I shipped... Because uh, oh, you got rid of Antonio, didn't shipped you? shipped Antonio, but I am looking at... Sorry, should have gone on my watch list. Lamptey. Tarek Lamptey. Not a bad shout. Another one that gives me the heebie-jeebies because he doesn't always get lots and lots of minutes. Or, yeah. Had a, he's, had doing, a, he's doing well. I think, was he back-to-back two good game weeks? Yeah, he looked he looked really dangerous yeah, um, against Leeds. Yeah, yeah Leeds. Yeah, it's a 0-0 against Leeds, yeah. wasn't it? So, yeah, he got a clean sheet in that game. But he just... Yeah, he was a really... A, really attacking so um, I'll be watching him because I might be bringing him in this week I've also got Trossard still on my watch list so see how he fares I guess um, but yeah I've been I've, I've been impressed with both these teams so far this season obviously West Ham uh, didn't get the result they wanted game week just gone but they are still at the correct end of the table um, after that Wolves at home to Burnley uh, Burnley one I'm looking at is uh, Cornet um, he's doing good. Wolves, I've got Huang. Uh, Jimenez firmly on the watch list as we discussed earlier. Um, Cody is on usually on my bench where I watch him collect lots of points. Um, that's very gav, that. Best place to get points, isn't it? The only, if you, only if you're playing your bench boost. <laughs> bench boost, boys. Um, you got anyone in this game? You got Burnley or Wolves, guys? No, no, no skin in that game. All right, we can move on quick then. Aston Villa versus Man City. Um, that's a tough third game for Gerard, but I guess he's going to have to play him at some point. Uh, no fresh injury worries for Villa. Uh, Foden, knock, 75% chance of playing. Ex-Villa boy Grealish, knock, 50% chance of playing. Yeah, Good to know. I've... I've- I've got Foden and I've been on the fence with him, to be honest. I'm not sure whether I'll I'll keep him or not. Right. Um, but City have got really nice fixtures. So I'm actually debating a move to Bernardo Silva. Well, I, um, feel, I feel very conflicted because I've got Gabriel Jesus, who's done nothing for me for four weeks. And as you've just pointed out, they've got great fixtures. I'm like, yep, and I'll just watch him collect two points every game. <laughs> so, yeah, watch that space. Um, Merseyside Derby. Everton versus Liverpool, no injury worries or fresh ones. Obviously, it's sad that Everton have been without DCL for most of the season now. Uh, and then Decore, who is a very important player for them, is uh, sort of a long-term out. Um, Firmino is still out for Liverpool as well, I believe. Yeah, that's true. Um, probably expecting Liverpool to really put the boot in here. Yeah, I think um, Everton haven't been great this season um, Liverpool want a win there so I would yeah is this the week where I get bold enough to actually put the armband on Trent instead of Salah after watching him continuously get more points than Salah uh, I think I still think there's a risk to be honest I mean it's not really the done thing is it sticking the armband on defender yeah I've done I, it in the past I think a couple of times on Trent one time it paid off one time it didn't um, but when the world has the armband on Salah, Salah it's, a, it's a risk it's you it know is. how big are your bollocks not that big mate <laughs> um, Tottenham at home to Brentford uh, obviously you've mentioned well I mean the Tottenham guys are going to be rested if nothing else yeah that's what that's what I was thinking actually they've had you know a game basically a week off mm. um, and before that they were in Europe um, so they had that's probably not a bad thing because that was a shit experience and I liked Conte's uh, way of dealing with that it, it he was asked in a post-match stuff have you had a chat with the guys he's like no nah, I'm not talking to him I'll t- chat to him tomorrow love that what we'll, a just bloke. Get a bit emo- we'll just get a bit emotional <laughs> won't we we'll just let it you know send them to bed feeling shit um, and he, he I'm paraphrasing here but he said I'm aware something along the lines I've of, been here three weeks I, I knew things were bad but I didn't yeah. think they were this bad it was very coded <laughs> language some stuff probably lost in translation but it was yeah it was seemed to be along the lines of yeah outside of the star players and some of the guys in the first 11 this team is shit <laughs> and and he was kind of trying to say people don't realise from the outside how shit it is they see us starting 11 and think we're really good we're not I'm like oh fuck he might need a couple of transfer windows to turn that team around which is why you know I've got Son in my team at the moment I've got my eye on Reggion obviously I've been trying to strategise to get Kane in but at the moment you know the FOMO isn't that strong but watch this space I guess and you know Brentford yeah you know they got their Tony got his goal for the penalty one thing I would note about Tony and Scott's a huge fan of him 
worth noting he got three bonus points. He works so hard. And obviously the way the bonus point system works is it rewards you for your, you know, your play, whether, you know, if you're an attacker or a defender. So if you're working hard and creating opportunities, you pick up points. And anytime you watch him, even if he's not scoring, which that's the name of the game in FPL, you need points, right? But he comes close constantly. And and in Buemo, to be honest. I don't think he's, I don't think he's a bad pick at all. Especially at that price for striker. Yeah, I'd choose, I'd, I've obviously gone for Tony, but yeah, him over um, Bueno, I think, any day of the week for me. Yeah, me too. So maybe maybe uh, Brentford can catch a vulnerable Tottenham. Maybe a rested Tottenham will put them to the sword with their new manager. Who uh, <laughs> Really interesting to see how that goes. You know, It's a little bit Mourinho-ish, that, to kind of just bag on the team, refuse to talk to them and say there's a lot of work to be done. But I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's the kick up the arse they need. We shall see. And the last game of game week 14, Man United at home to Arsenal. I don't know if their uh, German caretaker manager, it's a bit rude for me not to remember his name, Ragnick. Um, I don't know if he'll be in place in time or if it will still be Carrick. My understanding is he's due to arrive this week. So not sure if he'll be in the dugout yet. It's not formalised. It's all just very, very strong rumours. The um, rumour mill, um, by that, I mean, Gary Neville seems, <laughs> seems, seems, seems to think that he's already in charge and giving commands. Uh, with, if maybe you go, if you maybe go via his, Microsoft Teams. Yeah, if you go through his uh, Gary Neville's Twitter feed, it was pretty comical about the things he was saying about how the team set up after the first minute of one press. So He's way too close to that club, isn't he? Um but, you know, Arsenal, patchy form. Arteta, actually, the one thing now we're used to them being practically a mid-table team, it's actually given Arteta a little bit of breathing space to sort of quietly work. And I don't know if maybe slowly but surely, I feel like they need to sign some players. Like on paper, we've always talked about how Arsenal got some great players. It's weird to see... Well, it's not weird to see that young players come through doing more like Saka and Smith-Rowe, but Aubameyang, who I assume is probably the highest earner, is very up and down. And as a team, they're patchy, but they're doing okay. Uh, maybe they'll catch, you know, again, you know, like a bit like Spurs, a vulnerable Man United. Or maybe Jadon Sancho and Ronaldo and co will come to life and absolutely trash them. Um yeah, I think with Arsenal, you mentioned patchy form. They they obviously didn't pick up any points. But they had a um, they had a run, f- didn't they? Of like f- six games unbeaten in, earlier. In their in their first three games, they lost all three, and yeah. then they went unbeaten for eight game weeks, or maybe uh, nine game weeks, can't and really then argue with that. yeah, came un- came unstuck against Liverpool, which no big no big shout. I mean Liverpool. Yeah, um, and then obviously beat Newcastle quite convincingly. So actually, you know what? On balance, I guess I should take that back. And I feel like I might have repeated the same mistake last week. I think there might be a slight bias of how shit they were doing last year. Yeah. and They're not tearing up trees, but they're certainly doing a lot better than the likes of Leeds. Worth pointing out that um, Arteta started Saka, Smith-Rowe and uh, Odegaard um, this week. I think he should Um, do that every week. Yeah, yeah. And then... But what it meant was uh, Smith Rowe was playing as a left winger, Saka as a right winger, um, and Odegaard through the middle. So I don't know if. Um... Well, their curse seems to be that on any given day, a lot of those attacking midfielders like Pepe can really turn it on. So he's got a bit of a selection headache. Yeah, but I think um, I watched the game and just judging on you know my eyesight which is questionable at times <laughs> uh Odegaard Odegaard looked dangerous Saka looked a better pick than Smith Rowe um they they swapped the yeah. it feels like last season with Barnes and Madison yeah they're the same player get same points on different weeks and they they all seem to alternate um set pieces so right. there's there's nothing to there's nothing to help FPL managers there yeah, you don't need roulette at Arsenal. And I know a lot of some people have gone for defensive assets like Ben White's a popular pick. Gabriel, actually, at the back for Arsenal is not a bad shout as well. I think he's more than Ben White, though, which is probably why a lot of people go for Ben White. Yeah, Tierney um, was out. Um, and t- uh, Tavares? Tavares? Uh, yeah, Tavares. Okay. Tavares um, played, who had the first touch of a donkey oh uh, for most part but then got an assist and it was like beautiful play so what are the odds there you go <laughs> there you go so that's actually a pretty cool game to end on um 
Shaw head injury 75%. Genuinely surprised at his ownership still. I'm not being too impressed with Shaw this season. Uh, Pogba still got high ownership as well. Thigh injury, unknown return date. Saka is actually down as a muscle injury 75% chance of playing, which would probably mean he will play um, or at least come off the bench. And that ends game week 14. Given, um, you know, we've gone through 10 fixtures there and we're going to very briefly touch on 15, we might come up for air and just take a quick break. Bench plus boys. So game week 15 fixtures, which are really not that far away at all. Uh, I mean, literally to the point where this game week ends on a on Friday and then the next one starts on a Saturday. Uh, that's Australian date. So sorry if that gets a little bit muddled there. So it's practically like having 20 games in one week. Um, hence why we're doing this podcast. Um, but a lot changes game to game so we'll whiz through these so West Ham versus Chelsea kicks off game week 15 as you mentioned earlier could be Lukaku's return um, I think this one game week 15 is probably more likely than game week 14 yeah um, so probability wise yeah you're probably right there um, yeah one one to monitor he could could well be back then um, and Mount probably will be uh yeah, I, th- I think Good at that point as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Um, no new in- Well, who knows? Maybe someone gets injured in the fir- in game week fourteen. Uh, obviously, Chilwell still long term, as we know. Um, West Ham having a good season. I had a slight wobble. Chelsea bloody dominant. So you know, even though it's away, probably a Chelsea win there. Next game, Newcastle versus Burnley. As I mentioned with the Newcastle Norwich game keeping an eye on Alan Simaxman and Cornet as well of Burnley. Um, Newcastle really need... I do, um, don't they? Really need a win. They ha- haven't won a game this season yet. No, um, and even though they said he might not be, I'm not sure how it worked out. Uh, Eddie Howe was in the dugout for that game against Arsenal at the weekend. Yeah. Um, he was very... I like the way he answers his press conference and his uh, media questions as well. They're really trying to push him and he's so neutral with it. Like he's a, he's a seasoned vet at that stuff. I was a big fan of him at Bournemouth. Cool as a cucumber. Yeah, it doesn't take any crap from him. Um, so Burnley probably the favourites for that, but likely to be an evenish game. Uh, Southampton versus Brighton. Derby, is it? Uh, no, no. Uh, Southampton's in Hampshire. And Brighton is in Sussex. So um, you've really fucked up there. (laughs) It's kind of a South Coast-ish derby. Southampton Portsmouth is a really heated country, but Portsmouth, I think, play uh, Conference League now. Um, (laughs) Anyway, back to business. Southampton, Brighton, not really too much else to say that we didn't touch on when we mentioned those teams previously. Um, Southampton have kind of been doing okay. Brighton have been very good defensively, so could be staring down another nil-nil here, to be honest. Um, that'll be fun for everyone <laughs> well could, could be uh, we'll go straight on then to Wolves versus Liverpool uh, Liverpool got to be heavy favourites for that it's at Wolves um, one of my theories is um, ex-players always score against oh, their ex-clubs like Jota like, it just yeah so Jota here I just think he'll definitely score against Wolves it just happens like Van Dyke scored against Southampton on the weekend I just you heard it here first put the house on it yeah Um, Watford versus Man City obviously we got that Foster injury don't know how bad that is Saar is unknown and Grealish is you'd hope Grealish should be back for this Foden likely to be back as well yeah it is Watford's second tough fixture in a row after Chelsea Literally earlier in the same bloody week. Um, so, yeah, tough one there for Watford. Probably a bit of pep roulette as well with the fixture congestion. True, true. Uh, then Leeds against Brentford. That's a must win for Leeds. Absolute must win. Um, really not much else to add about that. Must win for Leeds. Um, so they'll probably lose. Quite possibly, mate. <laughs> Hovering there just above relegation. Uh, Manchester United at home to Crystal Palace. Uh, as you've stated, it's the start of a good run for United. Uh, Pogba, the long-term uh, injury update. Nice to see Eze get a few minutes at the weekend. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Eze. He scored me a lot a lot of points uh, towards the back end of last yeah, season. He was, so. he was one of the best 
best players at Crystal Palace. There wasn't much to shout about at Palace last season, but between him and Zaha, that was really good. Obviously, they've had uh, Gallagher on loan this season, but it'd be nice to see where Eze fits into that start 11 alongside Benteke, Gallagher and um, Zaha. Zaha. <laughs> there we go. Zaha is- that's the other Crystal Palace player. Um <laughs> So that's one to watch. Uh, but yeah, we'll see if this is Man United. They should have their uh, caretaker manager in place by that time, you'd imagine. Um, see how they start to bed in their early days. Tottenham, Norwich. Uh, again, the fixture with uh, two new managers there. Um, as you've put here, big game for Kane owners. Now, last year, if you'd have had a fixture like this, people would have been thinking about triple captaining. I don't think people are going to be you know that keen this, this week this fixture is make or break for Kane owners I think um, a lot of those people have only really had him in for a few weeks like Scott yeah. got him like two weeks ago yeah but I just think with Lukaku coming back from injury mm. Ronaldo hitting a that's lovely true. run of fixtures after this game could if, give you a real headache if Kane doesn't return doesn't bring any points against Norwich well you've got to be questioning well put it, it put it this way the other couple of weeks ago, when it was Brentford against Norwich, we had that conundrum of if you won't play Tony in your first eleven when he's playing Norwich, when would you play him? And as much as it's not always as binary as that, because it depends on what else is happening in your team, it was still a really good point. If you can't back your striker against the worst team in the league, when would you back him? And I think you're onto the same thing here with Kane. If you're not going to back him there, I mean, given that you know, I would still. If you've got Salah and he's playing away to Wolves, probably still a good bet to put the armband on him. But given he's not playing some crappy team at home... Yeah, I think a lot of people would have targeted this fixture. I certainly did when I brought Kane in. Mm. I was thinking, if you're going to captain someone other than Salah to try and make up some points in your mini leagues, in, in, your, in your ranking... That might be the one. That is the fixture because not everyone's going to have Kane and the large majority will have Salah and will be captain in him there you go interesting point Aston Villa versus Leicester for the penultimate game of game week 15 um, Rodgers against Gerrard mm. in this. I'm sure Gerrard would love to beat him oh god can you imagine <laughs> interesting there let's see if Vardy can carry his form um, hmm Maybe McGinn, who I you know added to the the watch list, might do something here. Waiting for Ollie Watkins to wake up. Be nice yeah. to see where he fits in because you know I know it's completely different kettle of fish. But when Gerald was manager of Rangers, you know, the strikers that he had up there, including Kimar Roof, like you, Morales, wasn't Mar- it? Yeah, Morales yeah. is the big one. Like his strikers scored goals, and Ollie Watkins is a good striker. Like he had a great season last year. So be nice to see the the penny drop there, and maybe. But his wing backs got assists as well. So yeah. Um, as as cash, is the modern way, cash and target. I think um, sound like a uh, UK garage crew. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, and the last game of game week fifteen is Everton at home to Arsenal. Everton having a bit of a tough time. Uh, bad luck with injuries, as we've already talked about. I think Decore should be back. Really, uh, that's huge if he is. I think. Yeah, but. <laughs> We'll see, eh? What do I know? He'll probably break down in training <laughs> or catch COVID. Um, should laugh about that. Arsenal, as we talked about, uh, and despite what I've said for two weeks running, are actually in pretty good form and are actually now, they've had a poor start to the season and actually they're doing all right outside of losing to, you know, the likes of Liverpool who are doing fantastically well. So would actually fancy Arsenal to win this. So this is probably one for the, the Saka and the Smith Rowe owners. To, to make sure they're playing those plays in that fixture. And that is the end of game week 15. So we have broken down 20 fixtures that are all taking place within the space of one week or under, which is insane. Um, we'll have a quick breather and then talk somewhat loosely about our own plans for game week 14 and 15. Probably a little more detail on 14, I imagine, because you just know what, what might change between 14 and 15, even though it's a small period of time. And then... Final break and the mailbag. Bench boss, boys. All right, so game week 14. Um, I am in two minds about whether to make a transfer or not, mainly because Jota seems like the obvious one, but I'm a little nervous about his minutes, even though he should play. Uh, And also, the kind of players that I would potentially get rid of for him would be Son or Rafinha, but they've both got 
couple of really good fixtures coming up. So I feel a bit weird about doing that. So that kind of makes me lean towards, you know, unless I go, well, let's get rid of Gabriel Jesus, maybe bring in an Alanson Maximan, uh, and then get even more money in the bank, ready for whatever I do a bit further on. Or maybe I just roll the transfer, and I'm sort of leaning that way at the moment. I might just roll the transfer this week. Um, and if I do, likely to play a 3-4-3 three, three armband on Salah, which is, I feel like I say it every bloody week. What's your game week 14 prep looking like? Yeah, for me, I think it's a no-brainer to bring Jota in. Um, seven shots in the box against Southampton last game, scored two. Like you, he's he's gonna play. Mm. Um, Firmino's injured, um, or gonna be struck, not match fit at least. Um, they've got Minamino, who I don't, you know, seems out of favour. Origi again out Hard of favour. Hard to get in that team though, isn't it? Yeah, I just I just can't not see Jota playing. So. I'm thinking I'm going to bring Jota in, but to bring him in, I've got to get rid of uh, Timikas, um, which is okay because I want a playing bench player. So you make make uh, two transfers. So I'd have to make two. Is yeah. that a minus four for you? Which would be a minus four, um, which seems risky. But then, you know, when players are going to get rested, I think Timikas is, is a bit of a risk on the bench um Klopp's been quite open that Robertson's his favorite and he's properly back and now. he properly did well back. at the week yeah. I think he's in kings of the game got, week. got got an assist on the weekend yeah um so yeah I, I'd I'd probably go I've it leaves me with about four point I'd go like for like with Timikas either a four mil or 4.5 mil and under because I've got a bit in the bank who you're looking at so I'd probably go maybe Lampty um good shout plays Duffy possibly um both of them are playing defenders. Both of them are cheap. Um, and then that leaves me with the conundrum of either getting rid of Rafinha um, to move in Jota, um, which I don't mind. I think Jota is a better point scorer than Rafinha. Um, so I think, or possibly Foden, depending on how that press conference goes with Pep, if he gives away any insight. Um, right, yeah. but yeah, they're they're kind of my options. That's always the tip as well. Uh, make sure you do check out those press conferences that typically happen the day before the games, yeah. uh, and just see get the updates of the managers. It's all actually um, on the FPL website. You can catch them; they put them all on there. So that's a tip we often give. And then game week fifteen. Now I'm not getting too far ahead of myself because mm, we'll see what happens. Even though. Uh, date-wise, it's not very far away. Uh, things happen. Uh, at that point, I might be tempted to bring in say Maximam for for Jesus, uh, depending on what else happens. Uh, and this, otherwise, this game might end up being a four-four-two. Uh, I might not play Huang. Uh, and again, the armband on Salah is so exciting and uh, creative and different. Um, I might. Possibly, depending on what happens with Kane um, in game week 14, possibly could be captain in Kane uh, in game week 15 against Norwich uh, for reasons we mentioned earlier. Um, failing that, if he's just genuinely just not looking good against uh, Brentford in the week before, um, where he should be, you know, get bringing home points. I'm going to monitor that Lukaku situation. Yeah. Um also going to monitor the Foden situation if he's not getting minutes. I think I will move him to Bernardo Silva. That's a good seems shot. seems to be locked in in Pep's system, bringing in points, really good price. Um worth pointing out that Gun- Gundogan um brought some points back and I'm a big fan of him when he's when he's in form um and allowed a bit more freedom in Pep's uh formation. So yeah, when when the likes of you know like a holding midfielder like uh, Rodri or Fernandinho are kind of fit and playing together, Pep is a bit more free with Gundogan. Mm. Whoops, smashing You're the place. The equipment. <laughs> so yeah, probably monitor that and make, yeah to kind of do like a lateral move with Foden for another City asset because they've got good fixtures. Very good. All right, final break and then we'll attack these mailbag questions. mailbag time right we'll kick off with a uh, real life friend nick maybe acquaintance who knows um 
he says he needs to transfer out Chilwell. He hasn't done it yet. Uh, he's already got James in his team. His literal question is, should I bring in Region or Rudiger or maybe even someone else? Now, I did put together a few little notes here, so I'll uh, I'll get to those. Um, I uh, We kind of touched on this in the show. I'm not feeling massively confident in Spurs at the moment, mainly because of what Conte said. Um, you know what? Maybe he's just doing that to try and take some pressure off himself. Because, I mean, I don't want to digress too much, but remember when... Um, Klopp came in with a big reputation at Liverpool. One of his first press conferences, he said, don't expect me to bring success from day one. Give me a couple of seasons. And some people were like, what? And then a couple of seasons passed and he did win. Yeah. You know, he won things. Um, not, you know, not necessarily saying Conte's going to do that with Spurs, but maybe he's just trying to get everyone to calm down, to give him a bit of time. And maybe they'll pick up really quick. It touches on what you said about Kane. You know, let's see if he starts banging in the goals. Happy days. Um, and I have got my own Reguillon. Everyone knows that Conte plays that system with the wingbacks. Reguillon's a great player. He should be involved. Um, and there's the stats of what's happened so far. I touched on it in a bit more detail two weeks ago, whenever I was last on, is the the heat maps and the stats are showing everything is coming from the wing backs. Yeah. Kane um Region was the most advanced player for Spurs in two of their fixtures. Kane um was more advanced than um Son as well. So Son was kind of on the fringes of the box. Kane was in the middle and that's how that is exactly how Tuchel plays. Um not too shell. Fuck. Well he plays it as well but Conte. They all do don't they but yeah, Conte. <laughs> um yeah wing Wing backs. Um, Emerson's a good shout if you're looking for a cheap alternative. Yeah, but- I've got a couple. So obviously he talks about Rüdiger, and he, so he'd be doubling up on Chelsea defensive assets, which a lot of people have done before. Before the injury, people, a lot of people are going for Chilwell and James. Um, it's not a terrible thing to do. Obviously Chelsea have been pretty dominant. They've got Watford away, uh, and then they've got West Ham away. But even you know Region, if you thought Spurs were going to come good, they've got Brentford, and then Norwich. So I, you'd be forgiven for go, for going either way on that one. Um, I think the identifying Reguillon or Rudiger as two options is like they are the best two options if you're transferring out Chill Chillwell. I mm. I believe uh, if you've already got James and you've already got Trent or you can't afford Trent. Yeah. Um, well, well, one one other thing I was going to add to that though is if maybe you're looking at things like, well, how do I make sure I can get a Lukaku, a Kane, or even a Ronaldo in later on, and you're trying to free up some money for this, uh, a couple of little alternatives to look at are Loughton of Burnley, or even, oh man, I mean, how do you even pronounce it, but Gay? Oh, for Palace. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of a sleeper pick there. Although, uh, something I will touch on later is Palace's um, set-piece record. Um, is shocking. Yeah, well, yeah, and they've so they've got Leeds in the first game, and then in game week fifteen, Palace have got Man United. But just wanted to give a couple little options. If that were me, though, just to just to conclude, um, I'd probably go Rudiger, I guess, right now. But one note I've got here as well is it's not a set and forget. Like you could go Rudiger, watch Spurs and Reguilón kick in. And then just switch them out the next week. Um, actually, I've changed my mind on what my answer is. I'd go. go I'd go Alonso. Alonso is the most locked player. If you're going to go for a Chelsea defender, well, it's funny you should mention that because that actually plays into another question in the mailbag from uh, at FPL King nineteen, also known as FPL GPS, who asked, "Who's a better option over the next six games?" Between Alonso and Reguillon. Jesus, um, we're trying to think of the next two games. I know, here. I know. And, and one thing I'll say, like I have broken this down, so I'll go into the detail, but it's like I said earlier in the show, sometimes you don't need to worry too much about that. I mean, it's nice to know that you are you should look at fixtures and you should forecast and plan as much as you can, but sometimes it's okay to bring someone in for one week or two weeks or change your mind. So try not to get too caught up but it is a good idea to look ahead just to try and you know this game is as FPL Obsessed pointed out when he came on the show pre-season this whole thing is 50% luck and then 50% form player planning fixture so you know you should plan you should look but don't worry too much Uh, so I'll point out the fixtures first so Alonso has got Watford West Ham Leeds Everton Wolves and Villa those are pretty good Um, also He's an absolute lock at left back because, for obvious reasons, Chilwell's out, right? 
Yep. So no one else is playing left back to my knowledge. Uh, Reggion, um, Spurs side who are trying to find their feet a bit under Conte, but they've got Brentford, Norwich, Brighton, Leicester, Liverpool and Palace. So obviously the one that sticks out there is Liverpool, um, but that's at the fifth game. Uh, I have said on balance I'd go for Alonso. But as I've mentioned, the beauty of it is that you can gauge how it's going each week and then switch over if Spurs come good. So it sounds like you're agreeing with me then because you've already mentioned Alonso. Yeah. You'd go Alonso over Reggion. I think I'd go Alonso over Reggion, although I am kind of split on that. Oh, yeah, it's a tough choice. Yeah, I think when it's... But that's why I make that comment. Like, you could go Alonso over Reggion and then maybe Reggion and Spurs just come good and they start smashing it. Yeah, just transfer him, just switch him back at them. Yeah, I think bringing Rudiger back into this, um, Alonso is definitely the most locked in the Chelsea defence at the minute because there's just not an alternative. James, um, sometimes Tuchel goes Aspilicueta, sometimes he plays Hudson-Odoi as that right wing back. There's there's options there. Um, Rudiger, they've got Christensen, they've got Thiago Silva... Uh, they've got Azpilicueta who can play in the back. That's true. Rodiger tends to be more locked, but um, yeah, like there's Alonso's definitely the most locked in my opinion. If you want to go safe, yeah, but it's Alonso, isn't it? But Alonso is template. Um, so Reggion probably I haven't checked. Probably should have. Uh, He's more of a dice roll. Yeah, than Alonso. But, but Reggion's risk of being rotated as well. There's a lot of talk. Um, Ryan uh, Ryan Sessegnon, um, who's a more natural wing back, right. might fit into Conte's plans. Yeah, he hasn't had the best start to his top yeah, career. He got sent off in Europe. <laughs> um, I might. So on balance, I'd say my advice would be go for Alonso. And just keep an eye on Reggion. And as I say, if it does turn out that Conte was just being a bit cautious with his comments to the media and Spurs just kick on quick and, you know, Reggion's blasting out the wing and Son and Kane are firing, just switch it if you need to. Or you might want to switch it for someone else at that point. Or if you've got, like, as we saw this weekend when Chelsea and Man City both had their clean sheets written off, it is a risk doubling up on defence because you do lose points. So, so that- if you've already got James... Or a Rudiger, and you're looking, and the debate is between Alonso and Reggion. I'd probably go Reggion just to mix it up a bit. Mate, you're doing brilliant on this Kovac <laughs> stuff because that segues beautifully into the next question. Sounds in the like we rehearsed this thing. We, but, honestly, we didn't. Uh, we didn't. <laughs> um, the next question, FPL underscore Senate, also known as FPL Teacher, he says, and I am paraphrasing this, but it's a long tweet, would you recommend tripling up on sides with good form and risk games getting postponed, or would you go for two players from each good side to maximise coverage? Now, the reason why I say that that's a good segue is because it's not just about the postponements, it's what you just said. Um, you know, your clean sheet goes and then it falls apart if you've got two or, God forbid, three uh, defenders from the same team. Uh, my comments I did write earlier against this were, well, firstly, that's a, it's a tough question. I personally don't like to triple up. Um, if it was just unavoidable, like let's say you had to have Salah, Trent and Jota because every week, week in, week out, they were just tearing it up. You'd which, do it. Which they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Trent and Salah have done it all season. Jota's coming good now. Like, then that forces your hand sometimes, particularly if you're also backed up by fixture. Um, but otherwise, I try not to do it uh, for for the reason, like, it's in the question, that I, I want to maximise coverage and I don't, like, I, I would rarely go double defenders. Was tempted to do James and Chilwell until that got taken out of my hands. Um, only other time is a double game week. And then, as I've put in my comments, at which point I get giddy like a kid at Christmas. Um, I don't know why. It's like the kind of gambling mentality. Everyone like we got a lot of them last season because of COVID. Those double or triple game weeks come along, and everyone's fun. like, "Put them all in! Put them all in! Take a minus sixteen hit yeah. to, to, to gain four points." So, what do you think? I, I tend to try and go for coverage, but sometimes there's good reasons to. Well, you know, I think it up. it depends on position for me. Um, like for instance. I don't mind tripling up on the likes of a Trent, Salah and Jota. You've got Jota playing as a nine or a 10, mm. basically. Yeah, that's um, true. He is acting more like, like a striker. A ridiculously underpriced when he starts every game in that position as well. Mm. So 
I don't especially m- as Firmino's out. Yeah, I don't mind splitting it like that. Especially in Liverpool, where you've got the most attacking team, they've scored the most goals. Um, Trent is the biggest assister of them. Salah's the biggest scorer, and Jota's scoring as well. So, yeah, when you play, when you're tripling up on an attack for attacking reasons, it's a lot easier to do so. But because- to push this to its extreme, let's say you've done that. You've got those three Liverpool players. Well, let's say you also want to triple up somewhere else, maybe City, maybe you go Cancelo, Foden, if you can afford to do all this, and I don't know, who else would you go from City? Tell you I wouldn't go. Yeah. Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, well, I did. (laughs) Buyer's remorse to the max. Would you go two triple ups? Uh, Nah, I wouldn't do do two triple ups, I don't think. Like three Chelsea as well or something it depends on how many beers I had <laughs> <laughs> don't drink and play FPL um, I, no I don't think I I don't think I could really cope um, with that I also think yeah it's quite hard to do two triple ups but yeah I think depending I don't mind two two good players from each side to maximise coverage I think that's that's the second part of that question. I do that quite a lot. Yeah. The only time that sometimes I feel a bit weird about that is if then those teams are playing each other. Yeah, you That's do. That's a bit weird. You do become a bit unstuck. Especially but... if they draw one all and you don't get the goals. Yeah. But um, such is life. Good question though. Um, next question is one we kind of have tried, tried to kind of dance around a bit throughout the whole show. And it comes from at FPL underscore, underscore, sorry, how much have I had to drink? At FPL underscore Gronpil. Um, hello to you in Norway. Um, do you recommend either buying or selling Rafinha right now? Now, I did ponder this because I'm thinking, you know, Leeds not doing great. Is this a time to bring in Jota? Um, and maybe it is. So I, as I pointed out earlier, I am completely in two minds. I feel like if you've got Rafinha and you're trying to, it depends what you're working towards. Like for instance, if you're trying to free up funds, like Rafinha's maybe what, 6.6, 6.7, yeah. you might chuck him out and bring in say a Galho if you don't have him. Um, if that's what you're trying to do, like maybe you're aiming towards getting a Lukaku or Kane in, in a couple of weeks. Um, I don't know. What do you reckon? For for his price, Rafinha is one of the he is one of the best mid priced midfielders on the game. Yeah. I think that's that's that goes without saying. Um he hasn't had the best season, but Leeds I think that's more to do with Leeds yeah. not having the yeah. best season when like he still got points, but he would have had a lot more if they were playing better, which you know. One thing to note is that their next two games are Crystal Palace and Brentford. So again it's one of those I mean Palace are doing great, so, but it's one of those well, if you wouldn't back Rafinha against Palace and Brentford, why have you got him sort of thing? I think a key thing, and this is a bit of my dilemma this week with the, I'd probably have to get rid of Rafinha to bring in uh, Jota, but um, Palace had an absolute shocker mm. uh, defending set pieces all season. Like they just cannot defend them. They've conceded more than any other team this season. I think they conceded, they definitely conceded one on the weekend. I think it may have even been two from a set piece specifically. Rafinha's often the direct free uh, kick guy. R- Rafinha is, yeah, and also on corners. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's... Food for thought. These are some tricky questions this week because there's no real clear-cut answers to any of this. But I think, yeah, you might get some insight from that. I can't tell you what to do with your sub, but because I think if you're if you're looking to get rid of Rafinha to bring in a mid-priced midfielder who's not Jota... I think I'd keep Rafinha. Yeah, the only reason why you wouldn't is let's say you are looking to bring in someone else in a different position this week and you need to free up funds and make two moves. Rafinha could be your pathway into doing that. Like say you're trying to bring in a different striker, but you've got to do it in two moves and you go Rafinha for say Conor Gallagher and, and that gives you the money to do something up front. Or you know, or maybe it's two in midfield yeah. and it's to get Jota. Whatever it is, um, if you're desperate to do that, I would absolutely forgive you for dumping my boy Rafinha. Um, otherwise, going by those fixtures, if you're not in a desperate need to do it, it'd probably be all right to just hang on to him for a week or two. Um, good luck making your decision. And the final question is probably the most humorous one, and it's very topical, obviously. Uh, at Christian Ulrichs, also known as FPL uh, Ulern. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Um, he asked us if we can give him the weather forecast for game week 14. Do you know what, mate? I know it's a jokey question and there may have even been an emoji in that tweet. 
but I had a I had a look at the Met Office. I had a look at the Met Office website and had a look around the games for Game Week 14. And uh, happy to report that as of right now, we're recording this on uh, Monday evening in Australia, where it's bloody hot, by the way, not just to rub it in. Um, no snow or ice is currently forecast. Definitely uh, a fair bit of rain. And it is fucking freezing. I like that we're actually answering this. Though. Yeah. This, is, this is how serious the the mailbag is, t- is taken. Yeah. So it, yeah, I mean, no, no surprise there. It's going to be cold and wet in most of these places over this game week. But to my knowledge, right now, according to the Met Office, and this shit can change too. Uh, no snow forecasted. So we the might wind, be right. The wind is a bit of a problem, though. That, do, do you know what I played uh, under 16s game? A long fucking time ago. And uh, it was really windy. And in the first half, the wind was going in a particular direction. And the opposition were literally scoring from corners. They're whipping the ball and the wind was just pushing it in the net. And there then, you go. That'd be Rafinha. That answers and, the question in the last one. And then second half, the other team, you know, us, we got the benefit of that. Yeah, wonderful days. You can, <laughs> you can never go back. Um, so, yeah, quite, as far as we we know right now, no snow forecast, but I'll keep my fingers crossed for everybody. Um, all right. Well, that takes us to the end of the podcast. Just as a quick reminder, you can send your own questions to us uh, at Bench Boost Boys on Twitter. BenchBoostBoys.club is the website. Don't forget to join our private league. Uh, code is Q8ZM2S. Uh, any final thoughts from you? I like ben? that we, we simultaneously answered all of the <laughs> mailbag questions, but didn't actually give a conclusive answer to <laughs> any some more than others but they were hard questions yeah they were hard don't make them so hard yeah god scott said that to me one week because he gets really nervous about this because he feels like when the harder the questions they ask the more the magnifying glasses on us as though we're some sort of experts people know we're not experts but they might like to hear us discuss our thoughts on things that they've got in their mind but yeah sometimes it's nice if people just ask very much uh who's your favorite player like but uh, it's fine, and I think we did a. I think we did a good job, Ben. I think we've done nice. okay. Well, thanks for having me again, Gav. No worries, oh. mate. We. I wish we could get rid of you quicker, but you're going to be back uh, next week too. Sticking around for a, for a bit. We'll be doing a game week sixteen forecast uh, next Wednesday evening. And just to give people a quick heads up, as I said at the top of the show, the way the fixtures around Christmas, and I, I think I blamed Amazon for this. Um, they're all over the shops here. We're doing a Game Week 16 forecast uh, Wednesday 8th, uh, Australia time. And then on Monday the 13th of December, we'll be doing a Game Week 17 and 18 forecast. And then on December the 22nd, which I think Scott will be back for. Some people might like that. Some people might not. Um, Mohamed Salah's probably not too happy. Um, (laughs) That is a bumper show because we are forecasting Game Weeks 19, 20 and 21. And then we're going to piss off for a Christmas break so that will be a monster show because we'll also be recapping two game weeks so we're going to be talking about five bloody game weeks It'll be about a four hour long podcast of Scott just burping farting and yawning um, so look forward to that I uh, hope you all have a great game week I hope you have a good game week too Ben I hope Scott has a terrible game week and I hope mine is I hope I'm you know game week ranked number one uh, <laughs> see you next time <laughs>